And I try, I wanted to use my very expensive device at that time that I got on Christmas Day. And I was looking, oh, you have to go into iTunes to get stuff. And I didn't want to buy music because I owned all of my music at that time on CDs. And I wanted to transfer that. And at that time, of course, who's going to pay to buy that? Like at that time, it made no sense. Now it actually, now it's so much easier. But then it was like, no way. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherilyn. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chatting Over Chowder. I am Bethany. I'm Sherilyn. <laughs> Sherilyn, did you forget what you said? <laughs> I did. I blanked. It, it went. It went. We are the dynamic duo behind Chatting Over Chowder and also Crackers and Soup, which is a podcast production management company where we help people do all of the things. And for those who don't know, Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we talk to women in the podcasting industry about what podcasts they listen to while literally eating chowder. Today we have the queen, the matriarch, the boss bitch. Elsie Escobar, what I can't even, oh my, oh my god. god. Oh my god. You should, everybody should have like video, if you, if you could just look at the, you're looking at the audio, but you don't know what's happening on video right now. It <laughs> is a full on party happening in front of me. I feel like I'm coming on stage, taking the stage in front of thousands of people, millions of people. Woo! you should see this uh, y'all it's it's amazing thank you so much for being here i feel so honored i'm so hyped i'm ready to take it <laughs> i'm ready to give it to you but it's all yeah, totally a- dirty and like- <laughs> <laughs> totally just- dirty <laughs> it totally sounded dirty and you know what i'm not even apologizing for it <laughs> <laughs> So if you don't know who Elsie Escobar is and you're in this podcasting space, number one, shame on you. Shame. Especially if you're a woman in the podcasting space, if you don't know who Elsie Escobar is. And it tickled me, Elmo, when I read your bio because it's two sentences long where you should have... A whole dissertation (laughs) on who you are (laughs) and all the things that you do. So I'm going to read your two-sentence bio, which does not do you any justice. Elsie Escobar is a podcasting advocate, pundit, and mentor to primarily women podcast leaders. Her thing is driving dialogue in the podcasting industry that focusing on podcast impact on society and culture, as well as their power to drive social change. Okay, she's been in the game since Jesus was a lad. She has has done all the things with Lipson. She is like the face of Lipson. She has She Podcast, which has won awards. She does She Podcast Live. She is, she's been on like every summit that she's ever applied to. Like, oh my God. Like, you are like the Denzel Washington female version. (laughs) of podcasting and she has a two sentence bio (laughs) oh that's how humble she is 
Uh, come, come now. I have, I have to work on it. I do. I have to have like varied. It's just, it's kind of, anno- I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by some of, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love to take up space. It's something that I have been working on very strongly about, um, and call, telling it like it is and claiming my, you know, my power, if you will. But then there's some times where I'm just like, I want to lead with what really matters. And to me, having those conversations, what the last sentence in there is something that I really thought about where it's like who am I in podcasting because I there's a lot of folks that are like podcasting expert of the blah blah but what are you what are you what's your thing though like what do we what do you do in podcasting now because now there's a there's so many layers to what everybody's gifts are in podcasting and 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 there's so many more voices that are out there sharing insight and thought leadership and all kinds of really interesting things but what is my thing why do I want people to come to me for and it's that that I'm here to help more podcasting leaders female podcasting leaders be the best that they possibly can and I also want to bring awareness to the fact that podcasting is way more uh, than creating a media file it actually can impact culture and social change simply by the act of podcasting not even the product not even your show but the act of podcasting can have fundamental impact on your life. That's what I want to lead with. And so therefore, that's why I make all the other all the other fancy things are the things that are going to open the door for me where I will like, you know, I'll take them out when it's necessary. But if I want to reach my people, this is what I want to start with. I don't want you to hire me to do, I don't know, all the things I hate. <laughs> Five minutes in, and I've already had goosebumps. Sherline has already thrown up her Dominican praise hands. <laughs> and we are five minutes in. So, Elsie, what is your podcasting history? How did you come to being such a, a force in podcasting? And not only just a force, but just such a, a scene entity, What, like, tell us your experience from nothing in podcasting to how you got here now. From nothing (laughs) to here. Um, Okay, so uh, I think that, you know, I was, I was serving tables in Los Angeles, in Beverly Hills, as you do when you're trying to pursue an acting career. Um, So I did, I have an MFA in acting. I, I I got that. And I was on stage for many years and working in the stage for a long time. And I decided to move to um, LA to pursue acting there because obviously there are only two places you go, either LA or New York. And I chose to go to LA because my family lives in LA. And of course, I was just going to go there. And of course, it is a huge challenge to book anything in Los Angeles. So what you do is you try to make ends meet. And I started to serve tables. I served tables for 10 years. Um, And I, um, it was, I think everybody needs to serve tables, by the way, everybody needs to be a server in a restaurant. I feel that's like the biggest lesson ever learned. But regardless, I was doing that. And it was, um, you know, stressing me out because it like like it happens and living a life that, of having to come home anywhere between one thirty to two o'clock in the morning. And I would come home and I would sleep until about 11 or 12. I would have to like make sure that I didn't have any auditions for the next day. And I was just living this like 
this life of having to, to um, it's, it was kind of creative interrupt us, right? You prepare for your sides and going on to the, uh, these auditions and you do all the things and you dream up like what an amazing opportunity it will be for me to get booked in this movie. One of them being one with Denzel Washington, by the way. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, this is great. And then you wouldn't hear anybody. You wouldn't even hear any feedback. Like you don't hear anything. You don't hear you know, you did really well, or you could have done better here, or we didn't choose you because of X, Y, Z. Like you just don't hear anything. It's like you work really hard, you send out that thing and you never hear for it. So it was defeating me to no end. That's step one. Step two, I had to find a solution. I, you know, started to teach yoga, take yoga classes, be completely like floored by how, how it influenced me in my everyday life. And then I was like, wow, this is crazy. So it started, that started to change my life as well. In comes an Apple, like with those little um, iPod Nano, not, it was not, it was an, it was an iPod video, not a Nano, an iPod video, fifth generation that came out right around, I think it was in 2005. So for Christmas, I got that little like video, right? The iPod fifth generation. And I didn't have any digitalized anything. Like I had nothing that was on my computer. I think I, I might've, I had a computer at that time, but it was just, it was, you know, not something I used every day. And I try, I wanted to use my very expensive device at that time that I got on Christmas day. And I was looking, oh, you have to go into iTunes to get stuff. And I didn't want to buy music because I owned all of my music at that time on CDs. And I wanted to transfer that. And at that time, of course, who's going to pay to buy that? Like at that time, it made no sense. Now it actually, now it's so much easier, but then it was like, no way. And so I thought, oh gosh, I want to listen to my device. And I found these things called podcasts in there. And that's when I went down a rabbit hole because there used to be like five podcasts. I'm just (laughs) kidding, but not really. So there was, (laughs) there were many, you could really read all of them. Like you could go through every category and you could spend the time and see all of the podcasts if you sat there. So I found all kinds of really interesting ones. And I thought, ooh, this is all free? Neato. Oh, wow. I can learn so much. I have all of these choices. So I downloaded some of the historical ones like the, um, you know, NPR, like Fresh Air and, you know, those kinds of things that were being offered as a podcast. Latino USA was also, hello, one of the first ones that I downloaded for myself as in there as well. And I was able to reconnect with Latino USA, which I used to listen to when I was in college, which is yet another story. And then I also uh, downloaded a bunch of classes classes, university level classes that were being offered as a podcast back then. I, I got one that was a, not it wasn't a podcast, it was a computing 101 class being taught by a Harvard professor. And I was like, oh my God, it's free. And so because I'm such a nerd, I downloaded that and there it is. And then I also downloaded an anatomy course. I mean, seriously. And then I downloaded Podcast 411, which is a show about podcasting where um, what I believe it's probably the very first interview show of this type that ever existed that is from my co-host, Rob Walsh of The Feed. And he used to interview the podcasters that were 
the independent folks that used to be around doing their thing, right? And he would, he was the very first person that did that. So when I first came in, I only thought podcasts were really fancy, like the NPRs and public media type stuff. But then when I listened to Podcast 411, I realized there were all of these other people that were doing all of these other interesting shows. Like there was a guy who was like recording his show on the road, like in a truck. There were like these other people in the Midwest who were just recording their lives together. There were like, there were so many types of folks that were doing shows. And I thought, I can do that. So that's my story of where it all came back is that I, once I listened to Podcast 411 and I got my feet wet with a computing understanding of the computing stuff, which I was taking a course now via podcast, um, I decided, you know, I think that I can do this because I feel like it's something that I have more control over wrapping it all the way back to my acting stuff, which I did, had no control over. So my dream was, oh, I want to create a show that is about the things I want to do. And it started from there. <laughs> There's so much to unpack. There's so like so many amazing things. And I, I love that you said that you found it around 2005, because I feel like so many people are under the impression that podcasting is just within the last five years, not really appreciating and knowing the history that has been around for about 25. Right. And I remember just seeing that little like podcast icon and being like, oh, these are just radio shows. Like I didn't think of it as anything different than, you know, a radio show just like now on these like new devices. Right. Um, but it's like it, I, I hadn't realized until much later in life how personalized that was and how you had the power to just kind of create one on your own. Yeah. And I think, and I, when I started there, that's what I thought as well. I thought, oh, these are, these are repurposed. Cause obviously the, the, those were all radio shows that you'd listen to those on the radio, but I thought, oh, it's, it's another way for me to take it with me when I want to listen to. So that was really key for me to understand when I started to listen to was I can listen to Latino USA. It used to come out, I believe it was like really early on Saturday mornings or something like that. Like the, whatever that part of the, you know, whenever that programming was. And there were times when I would miss it because I wasn't up or I wasn't listening at that time. And this gave me the opportunity to continue listening when I did have the time, which was time shifted. So I thought, oh, neat. It's, I can listen at my own time. But again, I thought it was outside of the realm of my experiences and like, those are the fancy people. The fancy people do the stuff like that. And then, and then I was able to do it. And I thought, oh my God, there's other people like me who can do this. This is amazing. I also love how you wrapped in and enveloped your acting craft, because I don't think that people appreciate that podcasting is an art. It's a creative outlet. And a lot of people get caught up on the technical side and all of the instruments and regarding the tools and what you use to, to make your podcast come alive. But they forget to hone in on their skills in regards to interviewing or to speaking to somebody else or even voiceover, which is a component of acting. And for you to use skills that you had been developing for a decade and utilize them 
over into podcasting, into, into a medium that you were like, wow, not only am I consuming this at a rapid rate because I don't want this thing that I got for Christmas to just be thrown into the corner. <laughs> and that, I'm telling you, for, if people aren't spiritual, that's fine. But that is the universe telling, like, giving you a whole <laughs> message. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, it was, there's so many things. And I just remember, it, and that's why it comes back to that same conversation before that I found when I found podcasting at that time, it was a lifeline for me. It was a lifeline for self-expression. It was a lifeline for my connection on in learning things that I didn't know about. And so not only was it great for me as a creative outlet, but it was also a connection for me to to recognize that I had access to things that I didn't think were possible for me at that time. And starting with the access of the training of the, you know, the computing 101 stuff. I was not very smart when it came to computing at that time. I had just bought a computer for myself, my very first computer. I thought that AOL was the internet. I had no idea that there were browsers, that I didn't know what email was. I didn't want to touch my little laptop that I had because I thought that I was going to break it. Like, I didn't know if there were things that I was like, I don't know what that thing is that's moving, you know? And there was this fear around the entire infrastructure because I was not raised um, in a place that, or in my home where we had a lot of fancy tech. It just, that wasn't it. My grandfather was very uh, forward thinking when it came to a lot of technology. He was so great when it came to that. Like, so he would have been on every new thing that ever came out. But that was the only exposure that I had whenever I, because we moved to the United States when I was nine years old from El Salvador. And so when we would go back, then I was exposed to a lot of neat things that he had in El Salvador. He was always so fancy with all of the things he had. Um, he was constantly just a huge learner. So I do feel that I got that aspect from him. But as an adult, I was very disconnected from tech as a whole. I didn't know how it worked. I thought it was very weird. Even when I was teaching yoga and other yoga teachers would come in with their iPods, which is why I asked for it for Christmas. They would come in with their iPods and they would put it at the top of the class and they would have their own playlist. And I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. This is so great. I want to do that because, you know, and that's why I got it because I wanted to have a playlist play while I was teaching or like I would be really fancy and like put a, a song during the last pose, which is called Shavasana, where you just kind of meditate and like lie down on your back. And I wanted to have the right kind of song and I wanted to have a set of mood and all that. And I didn't know how to do that. But I was also really weirded out by it because I was like, what even is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. And... Once I started to listen to that Computing 101 podcast, it was the first step to taking the veil off or making me feel comfortable about my lack of tech knowledge. And it gave me the, the, the courage to ask questions. I emailed the guy because that's the other thing. In podcasting, you can email people, you can reach out to the hosts. People nowadays, I think a lot of that has been lost and I, I want to impart on folks, that is the number one way that I got to where I am now was by emailing the host of the podcast that I used to listen to and listening and going like, oh my gosh, that was a really great discussion you had about blah, 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 blah. Or if they said, hey, who who's tried X, Y, and Z? I would be like, I did. I tried 
X, Y, and Z, and it was really neat, you know. And then people started to get my emails, and I would become, I became friends with the hosts. I started to send voice feedback. All of those things start to help me, and I was so impressed by the fact that they responded back, because you can't do that with fresh air. You can't do that with all the fancy New York Times shows. They will, they now have a feedback line, but it's like emailing the newspaper versus emailing a host that's getting all of that information and that's actually going to shout you out in their episode. I literally almost had a heart attack when I first heard my name from somebody read my email on their show. I was like, oh my God, I'm famous. Everybody knows my name. And it was, and I still feel that way. When somebody says my name on a show, I feel so special and it automatically connects me with that show again. And it, it never gets old. It never gets old to have somebody acknowledge you and shout your name and say your name on their show. I just love that. I'm a little verklempt <laughs> because that is community. You created collaborations, not with the intention of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be famous and everybody's going to know my name out of just your initial glee Mm -hmm. of learning from them and that excitement is just what a podcast should produce in its listeners for whatever it is and one of the podcasts that you recommend that we'll talk about it in a little bit is mm -hmm. automations mm -hmm. and if you can listen to a podcast and get hyped about automations so Sherline is like what your grandfather was to you that's what Sherline is to me like oh she is gosh. because i can, i i am not a tech person i am from that that era where you had to you couldn't use the phone if you were having your dial up computer AOL on yeah. where we had to like pay for AOL emails like that is the generation that i grew up in so when tech things come up at like such a rapid rate now I'll just be like, Sherilyn, explain this to me because I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's incredible because with what you were saying too, I think that's where that gatekeep era started to kind of open up now, mm -hmm. where like diminish a bit, where people, you're having access to information that if you weren't in, doing a college course, if you didn't have the money to, to be in a college course, you didn't have access to this, or if you didn't have family who knew people, yep. you didn't have access to this. So it's like, here it is, you not only being able to communicate and ask questions to these people who have knowledge that you had no one to ask for before, you know what I mean? Because this is technology where even like your own professors or your teachers in your school at the time probably aren't as familiar with. So it's like to have, to finally start to see that it's, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Especially as an immigrant, too, where you come here, your parents don't know all of the systems and everything that goes on in the U.S. So to have that, that's that's a piece of information that now starts to open you up. And then your generation and your family have, you know what I mean? You're able to share that with them. And if it's something they're interested in, they can expand their knowledge in. And so I love that because I hadn't thought about how far back that actually started that access to information and it really was kind of with the internet blowing up and everybody 
having access to things like podcasts and uh, and then later on YouTube and you know different um different shows where people can just start sharing information because they want to help others with something that they were originally interested in that they didn't have access to so they had to find different avenues and now they're willing to share that with people so it's amazing now where Bethany's talking about automation I, I really am I'm quite fascinated by automation and, and making all of those things. Aside from that automation podcast, have you found other podcasts that you were like, this is brilliant. I have learned so much from it. Oh my gosh. So, so the, one of the reasons that I, one of the reasons that I sent that one specifically, well, see, here's the thing. I didn't want the, I, you should see my cue of things that I listen to. I am, I am constantly listening to podcasts. There's so many, right? So I, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to send them to? And then what am I currently? And it's, it's from moment to moment. So I didn't really even want to pick two just because there's just so many. But the reason that I picked at least the one that I sent you is because it's an over it's an overarching thing. The tech podcasts for me have been the thing that has been consistently something in my ears that I've had for the past almost two decades now. And it's because of those tech podcasts that I am as far along in doing what I do now online than I wasn't before. So Automators is just one of the latest ones that I've gotten really into. But I've been listening to the th those are the very first ones that I listened to. I used to listen to the CNET podcast that used to come back way back in the day. Buzz Out Loud was a show that was my favorite. It was a daily tech news show that used to come out all the time that I was obsessed with. And I, I loved these hosts. And it was something that I adored. I, I then started listening to daily tech news, which is a, a really wonderful show by Tom Merritt. There's so many different tech shows. And then I started to work, listen to a lot of specifically Apple shows that were about workflows, how to use the tech, what to do with certain apps, what to do with certain, you know, um, other other kinds of hardware that you could attach to things and how to learn to optimize that. And that's my obsession. It's actually what helps me relax. If I am, it somehow really allows my brain to, to soften, like I get excited, but not so much, because some of the really meaningful and thought provoking podcasts are a little too much for me because they are so like you can only like, like there's times where I can only listen to five minutes of those really in depth conversation podcasts about all the things that are either wrong with the world could be better in the world that are because I'm like, I, I can't handle it. It's so much like I, I either have to go write in my journal or I, like it, it evokes such a response for me that I don't know what to do next. And it's too much. Like all of a sudden I go, oh, this is too meaningful. I must sit and listen. You know what I mean? And so it, whereas the tech podcasts are not that they're usually just like, did you listen? You know, this is the newest thing that's just come out for iOS, like whatever. And you can, oh, you, I can do, oh, this is neat. Oh, uh, it's like really quick hits in my brain and I can just keep going. Like, it's not going to change the world. It's not like the world's not dying. Like, you know what I mean? It's very, and so, and automations make me feel like when I listen to that, I feel like, oh, I'm going to have to test that out and see if I can make a lot of my life better. Ooh, I have to check out that workflow. Ooh, I got to check out that like hack, you know, like I didn't know that you could do that. So it gives me a good, like I can do things and it makes it, yeah. So it's all good to me. Tech, tech podcasts are my favorite. 
I so tech podcasts are not are not my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did listen to automators. I gave it the old yeah. college try because yeah, I was yeah. like, Yes, you did. When Elsie recommends, you do. <laughs> so <laughs> But I did enjoy thoroughly ADHD for smart ass women. And that is because I have ADHD and I resonated so much with every single episode that I listened to. And she had this woman who was a nurse and she she created like a booklet that was assisting other nurses on, on how to go about doing their different things and how she had such a struggle in college because the way that she was testing, she hadn't been diagnosed with ADHD, but she finally went to somebody and she was like, I can't do the test like this. And she, she was diagnosed in it. But everything that they said, I was like, oh my God, I resonate so much with this. And when you were talking about the super heavy podcast, I can't do that either. Because not only do I have ADHD, but I'm also an empath. So all yes. of that gets like absorbed within my body. Yep. And Absolutely. I, I literally just get exhausted and I can't, I, I become non-functioning. I, I mean, I could bathe myself in sage and it still, <laughs> it still doesn't help. Like it's too much for me. Oh, absolutely. I hear you when it comes to all of those things. And that's why, I mean, and again, I don't want to discount folks that I want to make this powerful work because it's, it's really important, but you also have to understand that there's some folks that are just not ready to step into taking that journey with you because it is very impactful. And I am also obviously ADHD for smart ass women. I have not been 100% diagnosed, but my, but I do know after interesting, let me tell you the story of how this happens all the time too. I worked with Tracy. Um, she hired me to work with her on her, uh, for her podcast in the, in the way that, you know, folks hire me to consult on their stuff. And one of the key things that I do the minute that you hire me for my in-depth session is I essentially binge listen to your show because I do feel that regardless of what you say to me that you want, it's your show that's going to tell me everything. And so when I listen, that's when I get insights into all of the things that you are. And there, that's where I start. I start from listening. And um, when I started to listen to our show, of course, I started just to listen for context for all this stuff. And then I was, I was, I was like, that's me. (laughs) And it was shocking. Like I, I, I had an, such an impactful experience listening to her podcast that I, I was mad. I cried. I was like, why didn't I know this? And then I told, like, I, I went and told my partner about it. And I was like, I think I have ADHD. And he goes, really? (laughs) He looked at me with this face, like, Oh my God. And, and then in that, in that space though, I, then I realized my child is just like me and this is what's happening with her. And so we got her tested and sure enough, she has ADHD and just that realization and that recognition of my own brain and how it works and that there were all of the things that I've learned from that podcast, it's given me a whole new way of understanding myself and um, also what it does be, even and but then there's a deep sense of anger too because I'm 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 think by the time you yeah the day after this episode comes out I will be 50 years old so this is something that I'm thinking oh my gosh all of these years that I had no idea 
because of the stigma and because of the narrative that, you know, mainstream has around ADHD and especially for children like people my age, when, when we, well, at least when I was growing up, it was all about the little boy who can't sit down and he, he's like all bouncy, bouncy. And then all the narrative of people going like, oh, it's just that the parents aren't paying attention. And like, all they need to do is to just do this and this and then the other. And, and, it, and don't give them, um, you know, medication because that's just so bad. And, and there's all of this like stigma around everything that had to do with ADHD and people not wanting to get ADHD because if you have ADHD, it's awful. <laughs> You know, and it's like, and so you, you, you're, you have that. And I realized that it's just not that it's not that. And that was such a huge realization for me that it was astounding to be able to be blessed, which brings me back to podcasting, to be blessed to work with some of these women that are doing this incredible work. And that I kid you not, every time I have a new person that wants to work with me, their podcast is there to teach something to me. And, and that's where I'm like, this is the, this is where I am in my life. This is where I'm, it becomes this incredible kismet, very wonderful filled um, experience whenever I'm, I, somebody chooses to step in to work with me, because again, I don't cover who I am when people step into work with me. You don't get like, you know, you don't get what, it's pretty clear what you're going to get when you work with me. And so when folks do want to take that step, we go deep. And so it, it becomes a lot more impactful all the way around. And a lot of the women that I work with, they, they have fundamentally changed me with their shows because they're teaching and they're impacting people in ways that I'm, I'm just astounded. I'm astounded that they can do this and they are doing it and they've built it. And that's where I want to be. So even though, and I'm not saying this because Tracy's show is a very good show. She really spends a lot of time editing that thing and making sure she has the right guests and all that stuff. But it's not like a narrative podcast. It's not a storytelling podcast. It's not one of those like, that's not what she's doing. She's not aspiring to be a radio producer person post in podcasting. She's aspiring to help women with ADHD, particularly older women with ADHD and have new conversations around that. And if she's, and that's her thing. And I'm all in for that. And that's what, those are the folks that I really love to help because they'll step up their game all, every single time we talk about audio and we talk about how you can connect even deeper with, with your show. No, it's amazing. And I'm, I listened to the episode where it was about, um, ADHD with like premenopause, menopause. Oh, no, yes. I'm not in oh that, even though I'm not there yet. Um, I'm like, this is so fascinating. I'm like, I just didn't think about how hormones um, can affect ADHD as well. And, and like, just all of that. It, I, I found it fascinating. And it's being able to bring that knowledge to your audience. You know what I mean? That's what creates. Uh, a very like a, a following that truly sticks with you that like because you're giving them this information that's so valuable and to get to those points where you're like oh my god I, I didn't realize that 
like you were saying, this is me. And most women in general, from I learned from her podcast, um, just that episode alone, don't often realize they have ADHD until their kids are diagnosed. The way you were exactly. saying you, so it's like, yep. that's crazy to think now that you're like, you were saying that you're like all this time, all this time that I had wasted. But at the same time, you almost start to like, it almost becomes like a part of your identity. And you just start to think that that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. Or she was also saying some people were like, I think I have done starting to have like early onset dementia. And next thing you know, no, it's it's just your ADHD. And it's like, so that's also a relief. But to be able to get all of that information, I got all this information just from one episode and it wasn't overwhelming. It was given to me in such great doses and in good conversation. And so I, I really enjoyed the way she spoke with her um with her guest as well and it it was a nice balance and I feel like that's what makes a good um a good podcast is having that balance of back and forth so I I thank you for introducing us to that podcast because I I just learned a lot in, just in one episode it is amazing and like in the same way that you felt that for ADHD for smart ass women auto, like the all the so Relay FM is my favorite network it's where I get all of my tech podcast it's it's I listen to every single one of like I could have given you just relay fm just go over there <laughs> but I chose automators only because the conversations around workflow for me a lot of the ones that really resonate with me are the ones that really focus on specific ways and this is where I, where I feel it attaches back to the ADHD aspect of it the way that those tech podcasts particularly the ones from relay fm have helped me is because i have found workflows that work with the way my brain works and they provided solutions for my ADHD brain that i didn't know was a problem before and so when they set up like i just downloaded the one about focus mode on on the Mac, which has been great because now I have focus modes that go live whenever I wake up in the morning. I have, you know, the morning one that that is on from like six to nine. Yeah. And then from nine to six, I have my work mode that just pops up. And then after that, I have my personal. And then after eight o'clock, I have my mindfulness. And so then it just pops up. And that means notifications are adjusted. The people who can contact me are adjusted. The ways that my technology is talking to each other. So I am no longer disturbed because I know that the minute that a notification comes up, I'm screwed because I can't let it go. My brain cannot let that go. And so, and then if I do go, you know what, I'm just going to, Bethany, please tell me if you feel this way. So you get a text and you see the text and it's either immediately respond or, or never respond or or never respond again or never (laughs) respond again. Guilty. (laughs) Or never like, that's what, so Sherilyn will yell at me because she will be like, why are you emailing people? at 11.30 at night. And it's because they emailed me. Right. And I have to respond to them or I'm never You're going never to remember. I can't, I, and yes. it makes you feel, it makes you feel crazy and it makes you feel inept and it makes you feel overwhelming, especially if you are successful and you have all of these balls in the air and like one little ball falls, you immediately feel like a failure. Right. And it truly is the structure of my brain. <laughs> Before this interview, when I was cleaning up in the bathroom and I was like, I should run laundry because we need towels and we need and we need face cloths. And I had to I had to stop and I had to say to myself, I'm not doing that right now. 
the washing machine is not going on when you're doing a podcast interview. <laughs> like, but it takes a furtive effort for me not to do the things as soon as it comes up in my brain, because I'm so afraid that I'm never going, that I'm not just going to remember it again. So yes. And that recall, so that yes, and the recall aspect of it is what I continually work on because there are some things like, so let's say that 11 o'clock at night thing that you say like returning emails. So what I started to do with a lot of that stuff is that that's why I love like I use an app called Spark on my phone that you can, it's the same thing for Gmail. Gmail does that as well. It's a, it's, it's just a, you know, but you can with boomerang, but you can schedule when you're going to send those emails. So whenever I'm in Spark, I will get the email and then I can respond to it immediately, but just have it go live at 9am the next morning, and it'll just be sent out the next day. I do the same thing for Slack, because I have to work for both Libsyn and she podcast. I work, we work in Slack. That's where our team communicates and all of the things, right? And then sometimes I get notifications and all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes I'll get like, oh, I forgot to tell so-and-so X, Y, Z, right? It's kind of like text. And so I will go in there and I will now, because before it was like, I will make, I would make a to-do. I would say in the morning, email so-and-so or, or like, you know, Slack so-and-so about X, Y, Z. And I would make it a to-do task. And then I didn't, I would not do it because even if it's on my to-do, I will wake up in the morning, whatever my brain tells me it's there, but I'm not going to do it because it feels so huge now to write that sentence. But now when it's, when I have it happen, I'll just go into Slack and I will write it. And then I will just send out, like you can schedule when it goes to them the next morning at 9am. And so then I can just have it done. It's scheduled. I did it. They're not getting it until later. And that's so much easier for me. But like all of those little things, all those little tidbits, I always learn in the tech podcasts. And so then I immediately go like, ooh, and the reason that I love the Relay FM, especially anything with David Sparks in it, who is the man in there, like I've grown up with the man, like the first time I listened to a show with him on it, my child was nine months old. Okay, so I have, I have had a relationship with him without him knowing for 13 years now. And I listen to all the things he says. So, and he is so in depth about how he uses stuff that I'm like riveted. And so I will put in, I go, oh, I didn't realize that you could do that. Like it's the, it's not the tools, it's how to use the tools that really opens me up. And then I go, that's interesting. I wonder if I could do that for this. And it provides an opportunity for me to, to come up with solutions that work for my brain. When, when systems out there in the world, particularly when you're working with people um, in larger contexts or teams, when that doesn't work for you, I get an opportunity to see like, how can it work for me? Like, how can I hack this so that it works with my brain and I'm still using, like, where am I falling? What's the thing that's not working here? And then, so listening to these tech podcasts usually helps me have a solution to that problem that makes me have to escape and forget stuff, which happens all the time anyway. I love this so much because this is so applicable to podcasting because there are podcasting coaches or podcasting people who do launches that tell their clientele, you have to do one season solo, and then you can do a season two that has gas, and then you could do... But if people don't work in that mind frame, if people aren't comfortable with doing a solo podcast for one season, that 
will prevent them from actually doing their podcast. I always talk to my clients, what do do you enjoy? Do you enjoy talking into a microphone and just giving your information? Or do you enjoy the one-on-one interaction with a guest? I could never do a solo podcast. I don't work that way. I feed off of people. I feed off of people's energy. If I have to just sit there and talk to myself, it's going to be a three-minute podcast where I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Bye-bye. Like that will that'll be every episode. <laughs> and I I love what you said to kind of circle back around. And Sherylise says this a lot too, that every time we have these podcast interviews, I swear, kismet, it's something that I needed to hear. And it's something that's going to be impactful and I'm going to resonate and I need to learn from it. And speaking with you in all of this, I was like, I, universe, I hear you, but Mercury retrograde is in a a fact universe. So, (laughs) well, you know, part of it is like, you know, when people talk about that retrograde too, I think it's also for me, it's a wonderful opportunity to reconnect. And so part of the way that I love when people freak out about, oh my God, you know, and first, those of you who aren't into the woo stuff and like with all the Mercury and Mercury, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt. I have seen and I have and I have, but I always like to go to the source or like the core of a lot of these teachings and what it has to teach you. And for me, that part of the Mercury in retrograde kind of stuff, it is all about that reconnection, revisiting your things re-looking at the stuff that you are already doing for yourself, recommitting to workflows or not. So where it forces you to step back mm. and, to do- and to like anchor down into whatever you currently have when it becomes a problem is when you decide to do all of the things you've never done before. And then that's when it becomes a problem because it's outside, because you can't, there's no ground underneath your feet. So like I would say, talking tech, this is a wonderful time for you to really look at the tools that you currently have and see if you can make them work for you. This is not the time if you're a Mac user to turn to Windows or if you're a Windows user to start, you know, buy a Mac because you're going to lose your, right? You're going to lose your mind. It's a little too much or to like, you know, have a mesh Wi-Fi network connecting over here and to the other place. No, just, just do a little bit of research, reconnect with why you want this me, like why you want better Wi-Fi. What are the best tools that there are for you? And you take it from there, do the research again, all about uh, grabbing all the things. And then you can go ahead after this whole Mercury and retrograde is going and then go ahead and make your purchase and buy it. <laughs> no, I mean. exactly. I love that. Um, I love that you said that as a great reminder because I do agree. It Usually everybody freaks out and it's like it's just telling you to go back and relook at everything. Go back. Go back. Take a step back. When you, If you accidentally made a mistake and sent some information in an email that you weren't supposed to, the retrograde is just telling you. You need to be more cautious. You need to take things slowly, go through it. And like you said, it's not the time to start anything new, but just to look back. And so I, I think that's brilliant. And it's a great reminder for people because I do think everybody freaks out around that time. And it does go direct February 3rd. So we're almost there. We're almost there. But it's like, what did you learn in that time period? What have you reflected on in that time frame that you're like, okay, what things should I be working on looking on so that now when it does go direct, I can fix them like completely. 
and start something new. So thank you for for reminding us all of that, because I do think that 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 is often something that happens, especially now in the, the spiritual world. And all of this wisdom is the reason why you get soup, baby. All of this wisdom is why you got some soup. I got soup. I, I'm so excited with my soup. I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. So Thanks. tell us what soup you purchased and why you purchased that soup and what you felt when you were unwrapping it. Oh, my God. All right. So I got the Italian wedding soup because I knew that my children would also like it. So that's really why I did it, because I wanted to share. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I think that they'll, this is what, because I make some at home of this type of soup. My way, of course, not like this. And um, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to get that. And I didn't, I wasn't prepared for what I got. When I opened that up, I was like, I was like, what? My jaw like fell to the floor. Being able to open this thing up, the packaging itself was so incredible. The spoon at the top was, I don't even know what to say. Every little bit was so, it felt like it had so much love and care added to that. It was unbelievable. And your little note in there, so beautiful, so beautiful. It's just, it was, it made me feel so loved, so happy, so ready to eat it. So, I mean, all the things were, I told, um, I told, <laughs> cause I talked about it in our meeting for, um, for Lipson's meeting, but it was not that like our company meeting, not this week. Cause we usually have it on Thursday mornings, but the, the Thursday before that I had talked about it and I just, I didn't say it off the cuff, but it's like, you know, we all like talk about the things that we've been working on. And then I was talking about you, Bethany, because of the uh, webinar that we have coming up and that you're going to be a partner and all this stuff. And then I was talking about you and the podcast that you have, and then this is what they do. And then they send the soup and then the stuff. And, and I was just saying like that. And then the president of the company, Lori Sims was like, wait, they send soup. And I said, yes, they send soup. And she was like, what kind of soup? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't got, I have, I don't know, whatever soup I want, I guess, you know? And so she just asked that. And so, but she was very curious. Right. And then, so I opened the thing and I took a bunch of like little videos and then I sent them to her. Like it was eight o'clock at night. Mind you, who does that to the, the president of the company? Right. So I just, with no contact, just me opening the thing. And I sent it to her. And then this morning when I woke up, she goes, it took me a minute to get there. But oh my God, right. Because there was no context. It was just like, why is she sending me opening a package of what? So anyway, I have to respond to her and be like, sorry, I should have like written. That's very, that's also very, very ADHD. It's like, of course, everybody's going to remember every little tiny place that I spoke about the thing that is connecting all the bits. And of course, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about because a fellow ADHDer would immediately know what this was all about. <laughs> and I have many of them. So it's like, out of context, you just get stuff and you're like, you totally get it. Because it's like leading from a conversation that you had 50,000 years ago about the thing. And you're like, yeah, that is that pink sweater. Yes. And everybody's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and it is so fun for our significant others, because my husband will be like, what? Where did that even? We discussed that like two months ago. What? 
Yes. And I'm oh, like, yeah. how come you aren't still like thinking about it? Like, like, yeah, because it's chiseled in my mind. How come it's not chiseled yes. in yours? <laughs> so I love that you had your kids in mind when you were purchasing, figuring out what kind of soup that you wanted. Because when we order soup, I try to think of what my kids won't like so that I can have it all myself. <laughs> because I am a oh fat black gosh. woman and I love me some spoonful of comfort soup. <laughs> You know, listen, I would have done that, but at the same time, we are like not going shopping as much because just trying to not go shopping as much and be around all, all other people. So I was running low on food. <laughs> Dinner. And I was Dinner like, done. There it is. And I was like, just in case, it's all going to be our lunch today. I'm like, you guys are having this for lunch today. Okay. So have you, have you so. tasted a roll yet? No. <gasps> Are they delicious? Okay. I was going to, they're going to freak out. Are they going to freak out my child? Sherline has a up. whole system for the rolls. I put it in the air fryer. Let me tell you, please warm them up. Please. I do they, have an air fryer. I was going to do that. How much, how much and for how long? Like. For literally just like two minutes. In on like 350? Yes. And just pop it in. Oh my gosh. You're going to, and then have it with your soup. I haven't had the Italian wedding soup. When I saw your picture that you posted, I was like, I need that one. I was like, I need to try that one. I was like, I like Italian wedding soup. I'm like, like, I have yet to try this flavor. Yeah. But yes, please. It smelled so great. Because I get, again, we, I get the soup from Whole Foods pre-made, but then I also make my own at home and my children love the one that it's the one that we travel with it's like I usually make a huge batch in the morning and um when we travel because we go to um we drive to Pittsburgh a lot and I don't like them to be eat I know this is so crazy when it comes to like yoga stuff and like (laughs) alignment with your eating habits and all this stuff I don't like them to be eating cold food in a moving vehicle when you're in the cold, like when you're cold and everything's freezing and you're, it's too, too much of the air element, very woo, too much of the air element, not good for digestion. They're not ground. They're already not grounded. There there's so many things that are just off dry, cold, moving really fast, just in the cold outside. It's just not. So what I do in the wintertime is I pack them. And that's the soup that I have. So I ha- they have a nice little, it's, oh, look here. This is my tea, not my, and so they have a little thing like this. It's a little thermos where I just put their warm, their warm soup. And then it has a little spoon and that's what they, they eat. So the Italian wedding soup has, they know it well. And so this was going to just, just another iteration of, of that. I love this. I love you so much. I could talk to you until literally the break of dawn. But you are a very important person who has very important things to do, like go eating soup for lunch. So So please tell everybody where you can be found and how they can work with you one on one. Oh my goodness. Well, you can, my website, lcescobar.com is how you can find me. I think I have to update it at some point. I haven't touched it in so long, but that's where I have my one-on-one kind of sessions. I tend to hang out on Twitter and possibly Instagram here and there, but I'm honestly really trying to step away from all the things just because I, I just need to protect my time. But if you do want to work with me and you don't have like the funds and all of that stuff, I do so much free training for on Lipson. We do free webinars every single month. And also the She Podcasts uh, and She Podcasts, we are 
I think that we're going to be relaunching very soon to when this episode comes out, our membership in there. And so what Jess and I do there is we do a, a weekly Q&A. We have like so many resources, like it is on, it is astounding how much information we have in the membership side of the She Podcast group. But if you do want to get my brain on your stuff, the She Podcast membership is the place to go. And I don't, I can't, I don't even know how much a month it is, but it's not very much for the amount of information that you get. And you'll get one-on-one, you get two hours with me a month, part of the package and two hours with Jess. And she has the other ADHD brain, which is on the other side of things. So I give you all the heart and the soul and the strategy and the positioning and the heart and the voice and all of that. And she gives all the business and all the system business stuff, all the tech stuff, all the sales pages stuff, all the advertising, all the sponsorship. That's what she does. And so between the both of us, we are the yin and the yang to get all of the things for you. So I love you so much. And I do have to plug She Podcast Live because it was truly one of the best conferences that I have ever been. If you... Elsie, if you're not going to plug it, I'm going to plug it for you. So. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Sorry. She Podcast Live. Yeah, we have dates. We have dates. It, I believe it's October 13th through the 15th again, and it's going to be in D.C., Washington, D.C. We have uh, we have the hotel. Uh, Jess just sa- signed the thingy, the cr- cr- whatever. Contract. The word that, the, yes, that. Um, and it is, we. so we're just in the starting stages to start that process. And Guess what our theme is this year? What's your theme? Undeniable. (gasps) Doesn't that give you chills, dude? I mean, because we are undeniable. That is our theme for this year. So how about that? We had such a good time. Truly. I really enjoyed it. It it was like, it it was well organized. I think even with the Whova app, everything, it just, it was perfect. I had such a good time. And you give women the opportunity to meet the women that they've been engaging with IRL. And there's just something about hugging that person that has been your confidant and your support for the last two years, and you've never met them in person, and just being near their essence you provide that for so many people annually. So I just... On behalf of me, Sherline, all of the people, thank you. Thank Jess for curating just such a supportive and loving group of women. There was no tension. There was no weirdness. It was just, it was, it was, it was family. It was a big barbecue (laughs) without the barbecue. It was a bit, yeah. And I hope, I hope we can do it again, but I, but I do believe that that is probably the most important aspect of it. And talking about, you know, recipes and like soup and what makes the magic and all of that stuff, you know, we can create sort of the container, but I think the folks that attend, it's, they're all the spices, right? They're the little, they're all the little bits that actually make it. And that, and that's something that we're so blessed to be able to continue to nurture because yes, Jess and I have the vision and we do have a lovely team to be able to do this but in all honesty it's your it's when you come in to the mix that it that magic happens because the heart and the soul and the loveliness that are the folks that really attend a conference like this and are open to receiving 
turning things around a little bit and not doing it the way that other people did it and really concentrating on on the pause, which is something that we really wanted to champion to make sure that you had the space to go from thing to thing, that you had the space to not attend something. And w- continuing to do that is something that we're really striving to do more. There is no other way to end this episode. Elsie, thank you so much for your time and your Truly. energy and your wisdom. And I just, Aww. I love your whole face. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay stay super. super.